ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुरन मिलितम When all these sinful reactions accumulate in me, how shall I become free from them? You must consider this very carefully. Purport: The supreme personality of Godhead says, "Sarva dharman paritjaja maamekam sharanam raja aham tvam sarva pape bhyo moksha yeshami maashuchaha." Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. The supreme personality of Godhead can accept the reactions of anyone's sinful deeds and neutralize them because he is pavitra, pure, like the sun, which is never contaminated by any worldly affection, infection. Tejiya sam nadoshaya vahne sarva bhujoyatha. One who is very powerful is not affected by any sinful activity. But here we see that Mother Ganges fears being burdened with the sins of the people in general who would bathe in her waters. This indicates that no one but the supreme personality of Godhead is able to neutralize the reactions of sinful deeds, whether one's own or those of others. Sometimes the spiritual master, after accepting a disciple, must take charge of that disciple's past sinful activities, and being overloaded, must sometimes suffer, if not fully, then partially. For the sinful acts of the disciple, every disciple therefore must be very careful not to commit sinful activities after initiation. The poor spiritual master is kind and merciful enough to accept a disciple and partially suffer for that disciple's sinful activities. But Krishna, being merciful to his servant, neutralizes the reactions of sinful deeds for the servant who engages in preaching his glories. Even Mother Ganges feared the sinful reactions of the people in general. And was anxious about how she would counteract the burden of these sins. Shri Prabhupada states here, as is stated in Shastra, quoted in Hari Bhakti Vilas, that the uh, spiritual master suffers for the sinful reactions, sinful acts of his disciple. That this is factually so, I have heard it uh, challenged by two scholarly godbrothers of mine, who, from various perspectives, say that well, actually, the spiritual master doesn't accept the sinful reactions of the disciple. One, on the grounds that uh, anyone who chants Hare Krishna. Is free from sinful reactions. A Krishna Rama Kali, Sarva Papa Kali, as is stated in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, that by chanting the name of Krishna once, Sarva Papa, all sins are destroyed. Uh, the other said that, well, if the spiritual master accepts reactions, then anyway he'd pass them on to his. Guru and it will go all the way up to Krishna. I'm not sure if that is a good logic because one 
offers good things to the spiritual master, not sinful reactions. Here you are. Here's my dakshina, all, your, all my sinful reactions. You want more dakshina? All right, I'll, I'll go and offer you some more. I'll go and hit a few people on the head with a hatchet, and then you can accept the sinful reactions. Srila Prabhupada often spoke of this. He said that sometimes the spiritual master sees bad dreams as a reaction. And maybe it was Hari Shoda. One of one of the one devotee wrote about this how sometimes of course it's a very intimate statement, but he uh, heard Srila Prabhupada making some sound as if he was having some kind of bad dream. Uh, how does the... Uh, another consideration is, as Srila Prabhupada writes here, that a powerful... Uh, he quotes from Bhagavatam, Tejiya Sangadoshaya Bahne Sarva Bhujaviyata. This is a quotation from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which states that one who is very powerful is faultless and like fire. Anything which is thrown into fire, the fire consumes it. So the fire is not affected by anything, even some garbage which is thrown into it is burned up. So in the same way, even if there is some apparent fault in a very powerful person, this refers to a spiritually powerful person, they uh, neutralize that by their own power. This is, uh, Shukadev Goswami says that this is in, well, he, he gives the example of Lord Shiva, who drank poison, a large amount of poison, and he was not affected by that. He can do that. Not everyone can do that. Uh, in the same way, uh, Krishna, although he may appear from the worldly point of view to be sinful in engaging in the ras, by engaging in rasa, dance, circular dance with those women who appear to be the wives of others, although they're actually not. Even, even if it's considered that he might be faulty, it should not he, he cannot be faulty because he consumes all sinful reactions. So one who is powerful is not affected by sinful reactions. So then again it may be said, well, the spiritual master is uh, powerful by taking that role. Sarkshad haridvena samasta shastraya By taking the role of the representative of Krishna becomes as if Krishna, as if Hari. Hari means he who takes away. Uh, takes away what? Well, he takes away various things according to the level of the advancement of the devotee. In the beginning, he takes away the sinful reactions. He takes away the misconceptions. And then later on, he takes away the very mind of the devotee at various levels of advancement. So the spiritual master as the uh, representative of Hari uh, is powerful. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, so he, therefore he accepts the central reactions or helps to neutralize them. But we see here that even Ganga Devi herself, who's come to this world for delivery, the uh, forefathers of Bhagira, she came for that purpose uh, to free them from their sinful reaction. Uh, even and, and then she stayed in the world. And in every activity that is orchestrated by Krishna's Leela Shakti, his energy for, or his potency for enacting pastimes, in every action, in every Leela, there are various purposes performed. So Ganga came to this world to deliver sinful people, not just the uh, forefathers of. Bhagirat. But even she is, she's deputed for that purpose, that she accepts sinful reactions. But on the other hand, uh, she herself is afraid of becoming overburdened with sinful reactions, even though she's so uh, powerful herself, being power, the the, uh, Sanskrit word in female form, Shaktimati. She's Shaktimati. But she herself realizes that she is dependent on the Supreme Personality of God and she does not have the power herself to neutralize the sinful reaction. Therefore, she feels afraid of that. Now, interestingly, the, yeah, the, uh, who she came to deliver, they were burned by the glance of anger of Kapiladev, who is also the Supreme Personality of God. So you might think that, well... They should have been delivered by that. Just like when Krishna, he kills demons, they get liberated, right? But in this case, it didn't happen. They had to remain uh, exactly where, maybe in ghostly form, or they must have been somewhere, probably floating around in ghostly form for some time. Uh, That we may take also as the plan of the Lord. Ganga comes to this earth for various reasons, if we see the path of the Ganga, she flows down from the in this on this earth sphere. She flows down. She comes, of course, from the foot through the through the coverings of the universe. Uh, she comes through the uh, heavenly planets, and then she appears and Gomuk in Himalaya. And then she comes down in. More or less a south-southeast course, and then turns to more east-southeast course, and flows more or less east. When she hits the plains at Haridwar, she flows more or less east until she comes to what is now called Malda district in West Bengal, and then takes a sharp turn right. The Ganga, but if you see the water, most of the water goes continues flowing east. But that water is called Padma. That's another river. It's considered another river, and the Ganga is considered the one which, with less water, until they put the Faraka down. But anyway, that with less water flows 
south and goes through uh, what is now called Calcutta and then down to the Ganga Delta and to the sea. So, uh, Bhagira, he took a sharp, why the Ganga turns there? He took a sharp turn right and just so happens that his path took him through Navadip. So, the Ganga herself wanted to go there. She had another purpose in going there. That by going through Navadip, then I will be able to uh, serve in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, she had her wish fulfilled. Worth accepting all the sinful reactions of all the people in the world if you can uh, become a servant or instrumental in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, uh, yeah, the spiritual master also, he also may accept the sinful reactions of others in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Srila Prabhupada wrote in one letter about, he said, I'm liberal in offering initiation. I, I may have to suffer so many sinful reactions, but what can I do? I have to serve the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, uh, this may be a complex question, exactly how, how does this all work? How does it work that one who bathes in the Ganga becomes free from sinful reactions? There are sinful reactions in their, they're in, they're in subtle form. They're not all released all at once. It's a, there's a big stockpile of sinful reactions, and they they don't all get released at once. It may some sinful act that we perform now. It may be in a hundred lifetimes that we get the reaction, or it might be that we get a little now and a little more later. And it's it's extremely complex, as Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna couldn't work it out at all. It took him practically the whole Bhagavad Gita to understand the, how the workings of karma kin karma kima karma eti kavio piyatra mohitaha Krishna told Arjuna the workings of what is karma what is akarma it's very difficult to understand and even learned persons are bewildered in trying to understand this so exactly how that works how, is, how does it work that this subtle sinful Desires, and they're not actually manifested as reactions yet. Well, manifest in our incarceration in the material world, but the, uh, the full force of them, just like the full force, someone's walking along and a, oh, well, something happens, a tree falls over and breaks his leg or something like this. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's understood to be a specific sinful reaction. That, uh, how does that become cleansed or neutralized by touching the water of the Ganga or touching anything sacred? By, by touching Tulasi, one becomes free from sinful reactions. By uh, touching Gopichanda, one becomes free from sinful reactions. That's why it's good to wear Tulsi beads and have Gopichanda. One reason, not the best, the the best reason is because it's pleasing to Krishna. But even uh, 
we sing that in Tulasi Yani Kani Chapapani Brahmahatyani Kani. We sing that, which is the uh, how even the the sin of killing a Brahmana is neutralized step by step as we circumambulate Tulasi. And then in the song which we sing after that, it's right at the other end of the. Uh, the I mean, that's the, the that's the uh, least reason why one should circumambulate Tulasi. It's not exactly a devotional uh, motive to do so. Although devotees chant this to chant the glories of Tulasi. Uh, but then during the song we sing the highest reason, the Seva Ravilash, the desire to. Worship Radha and Krishna in the gold groves of Vrindavan. So, how does this all work? It's, it's quite complex. And the spiritual master accepts a sinful reaction. Well, how do you accept a sinful reaction? You have to have a body to do that, right? It has to be a, a, a body in this material world to accept a sinful reaction. If you don't have a body in this material world, then how are you going to accept it? So, uh, those who are wanting to offer dakshina to the spiritual master of sinful reactions, they better do all their sins as fast as they can before he passes away from this world. Because uh, that, that's meant as a kind of perverted joke, by the way. Uh, not to be taken seriously. Um, because once he's uh, left this world, then there's no vehicle for, uh, no medium for accepting those simple reactions. On the other hand, the body of a, uh, or one should never consider a spiritual master material. That's an offense. And the uh, yeah, the body of a pure devotee, or uh, actually any Vaishnava, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says this, that uh, that's not to be considered material. At the time of initiation, Dikha Kale Bhakta Kare Atta Shamatan Shri Kale Krishna Tare Kare Atta Shama. At the time of initiation, the devotee surrenders himself and at that time, Krishna accepts him as being on the same platform. So, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said in this connection, Prabhupada, hey, Vaishnavaya, hmm, deha, what is that? Vaishnavaya deha, prakrita kabunai, a prakrita deha Vaishnav chidanandamai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that a, the body of a Vaishnava, is never to be considered material. It's always spiritual, full of spiritual bliss. He said this to Sanatana Goswami, who was apparently manifesting the symptoms of sinful reaction. Sanatana Goswami had arrived in Puri after passing through the forest Jharikhanda. And due to contact, was touching or drinking some contaminated water, Sanatana Goswami's body was covered with, uh, what's that called, sores, wet sores, what are they called? Weeping sores, yeah. So it's uh, a nasty disease. And you can, 
you, one is always ritually impure. You, you can't go on the altar you know, weeping sores because Sanatana Goswami was also anyway banned from entering the Puri temple. So he considered that this was a sinful... Sanatana Goswami considered this as a sinful reaction. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said there's no question of any sinful reaction. Because Vaishnava doesn't have any sinful. He's, he's always pure. Uh, that also in Chaitanya Bhagavat we find that... Uh, what is that? Jato deko Vaishnava mebahara duk taha that if one sees a Vaishnava apparently unhappy, or in it, one should understand, one shouldn't consider that, one should consider that he's always full of spiritual bliss in all circumstances. So then where's the question of sinful reactions? Where's the question of sinful reactions for any devotee? Karmani nirdahati kintucha bhakti bhajam. The devotee, by Krishna's grace, is free from sinful reactions. So it's a, it's a complex subject. On one hand, we say the spiritual master accepts his sinful reactions. On the other hand, he's uh, beyond all sinful reactions himself. So, um, maybe understood like this, that... It's seen. Oh, that's another question. That is that. Yeah, this is it's generally accepted by Vaishnava Acharyas that bhakti destroys all sinful reactions except prarabdha karmas. There are various stages. Kuta, bijam, falun mukha. These are various stages of sin. Kuta means the stockpile of sinful desires or the uh, which makes the, the general tendency to act in a sinful way then Egypt there's the, there's the uh, from the stockpile emerge uh, various spe- specific sinful desires and then Falun uh, Mukha that which is about to fructify and these are all the, the also categorized. And then reactions, aparabdha, prarabdha, those that are destined to come and those that are are already going on. So as long as one is within this world, within this body, then the body itself is, uh, the material body is a symbol of sinful reaction. It is gained, or it is attained rather, because of sinful reaction. So, generally, Vaishnava Acharyas, they say that, well, bhakti destroys all sinful reactions except those which are already going on, because we see the body is um, it's still there. And that one does get, uh, even though one is performing devotional service, one is subjected to uh, heat, cold, hunger, thirst, and so on. And uh, trees falling on your head, maybe, or various things like that. Stubbing your toe, the classic example of karmic reaction. Uh, so, prarabdha, that is 
not taken, still one has to suffer this. But the Gaudiya Acharya said that's also. As soon as one takes to devotional service, that is also destroyed. Then, but then we see that the Vaishnavas, they suffer apparent sickness, pain, heat, cold, etc. But that is understood that the devotees, they are under the protection of Krishna's internal energy. They have no other recourse but Krishna, no other shelter but Krishna. They uh, are fully under the shelter of Krishna's divine potency. So, even though a devotee may appear to be uh, suffering sinful or pious reactions also, at the same time it's understood that it's not exactly maya giving a reaction, but the internal energy acts as if the, as just like the external energy, but it's in a different way. The external energy acts on the conditioned soul to bind him in the material world, to give uh, uh, sinful reactions and pious reactions also, they're both ultimately sinful, and also to offer more opportunity for creating more pious and sinful reactions and offering an opportunity for the conditioned soul to indulge in his fantasy of Ishvaro Hamaham Bhogi Siddho Hambalavan Sukhi. I am the controller, I am the enjoyer, I am perfect, I am powerful, I am happy. Whereas the internal, this uh, parallel reactions on a pure devotee is it's a different. Uh, Maya is acting in a different way, the internal potency to uh, help the devotee become free from any residual material attachment and come to Krishna. And if the uh, if the devotee is not fully <coughs> not fully worshipping Krishna, if the devotee is not on that platform, he's not fully under the shelter of the, of the spiritual energy. That means that he may be again subject to the influence of the external energy. So it's quite a complex subject. But the conclusion is as Srila Prabhupada quotes here, Sarvadhaman Parityaja, Mamekam Sharanam Raja, Ahantvam Sarvapapedyo, Moksha Ishani Mahasucha. We just fully surrender to Krishna, we don't really have to worry. That's the point, that we may analyze all these complexities, but ultimately we have to surrender to Krishna, and then all problems finished. And there isn't any time, so this class is also finished. On that note, unless anyone has a question which can be answered in less than two minutes because I don't want to get a sinful reaction for breaking the rule of going over time. Although you can deliver me from my sinful reactions. Yes, please. I can get permission from the GBC to go over time. 
He has to ask the temple. We do it every day. Oh. Marsh, thank you for your class. Uh, actually, I was just this morning listening to uh, some lectures that His Holiness Bhagavan Swami was giving on the... Uh, that was one of the two devotees who, <laughs> who I discussed with on this point, who said that actually the spiritual master doesn't accept this information, even though it's clearly stated in Shastra and Prabhupada states repeatedly in his books. So, well, he was referring to... Uh, the uh, characteristics of bhakti that are described the first symptom yeah. that destroys anyway, well, suffering. Since you've had a discussion with him, uh, I won't go into that, but I wanted to ask you specifically, you said, like a, you gave the example of a tree branch falling or something. Yeah. Are there specific reactions for specific sinful activities? Oh yes, there are specific reactions for specific sinful activities. As we find in Nanu, he says things like, if you're, well, I, I don't remember many of them, but uh, I just happen to remember one, that if one who lies will stutter. Da, 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 like that. If you have, yeah, if you violate the spiritual master's bed by... Indulging in sinful reaction with his uh, wife, then one is subject to tuberculosis. Srila Prabhupada also wrote in one of his purports that one, the Mayavadis, for their sin of being envious of Krishna, they can become a jackal or a stone. It's quite complex. Karmana daiva netrena jantur deho We get our body under the supervision of the Supreme Lord and the demigods. So it's, it's pretty complex how you get a specific body to, uh, to live out a, a set of specific sinful reactions. And then you, you have to be born in a situation, it's all, it's all orchestrated by Maya and the demigods and Krishna, that you come, you come in a certain family because the certain father and mother have a kind of, they, they have a karmic drama due to them to have this kind of person in their family. And the person who's born there is also destined to, or to have that kind of parents. And then as you go on in the human life, you create more and more Reactions which may manifest in that life, and so it's like you have to. The, the demigods must be constantly adjusting the whole thing. It's very extremely complex. I mean, astrologers can give some. If they're good astrologers. They can give some idea, but you can't tell exactly what's going to happen at any moment. And it, it may. Be. One devotee astrologer told me that. Uh, Someone, one of his clients or someone had died young and he, he looked through his chart several times but he just couldn't find anything that indicated that. And he looked at his wife's chart and found that she had widow yoga and who she married, by marrying them, they will, uh, she, she made him die, so to speak. <laughs> so... 
it's another matter that sinful reactions they can be passed around, as we find in the case of Indra. He gave his sinful reactions to what? The trees, the earth, women, and hmm? water. 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 Did I say water? Yeah, yeah, the earth, the earth, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if we if just by being with sinful persons, we become affected by that, and we can feel that if we go. Just like if we go into, uh, we're doing book distribution, we're going to a bar, we may be going for the best possible purpose, but at the same time you feel the, the uh, sinful uh, atmosphere. And Prabhupada said that even devotees, they're preaching, but they may become affected by that. So he said devotees should, should come once a year to Mayapur, chant and dance and bathe in the Ganga, become refreshed and go back to the West to preach. Yeah, so, more questions. Some time ago in Vrindavan, one devotee was a scholar explaining how Lord Shiva's body is different because it's completely saturated on the... and he was comparing with even devotees and I was very disturbed because I... You, you, you quoted also from Chaitanya Charyamrita how his devotee's body is completely spiritual. But then, just recently actually, I just realized that uh, it's there in Nectar Devotion that Lord Shiva has certain qualities. Mm. In the qualities of Lord Krishna, it's described how, you know, so many qualities are living entities up to Lord Brahma and from Lord Brahma to Lord Shiva. And one of those qualities is that he has a in the body. So, can you explain that? Is, it, is, it, is that Satchitananda different from the Satchitananda body? Of, of well, when we say this, the body of a pure devotee is fully spiritual, obviously it's not fully spiritual in... Or it would appear, I wouldn't say obviously, it would appear it's not spiritual in the way that Krishna's body is. Because it does appear to be subject to old age and disease, which Krishna's body is not subject to old age. Sometimes for his pastimes he becomes apparently subject to disease. Um, the example given in Shastra is that of iron when placed in fire takes on the quality of fire. It's still distinct from fire, but it, in many ways it is the same as fire, but at the same time it's distinct. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, in, from that, if you touch a, a hot iron, it acts as fire. It's, it's imbibed the quality of fire, and it acts in the same way as fire. But at the same time, there are specific differences. This is Veda Veda, Vishishta Veda, like that. There's sameness and difference. At the same time, we see that uh, some, yeah, the body of a uh, Sannyasi, or a pure, well, specifically with sannyasi, is uh, buried, not burned, because it's considered to be jnanandi dandakaramanam. It's already burned in the fire of knowledge. So there's no need to burn the body. It's, it's not a vehicle of sinful reaction. It's worshipable. So it's placed in samadhi. 
This sometimes there's one letter that probably was very interesting that uh, one temple president had asked if the temple president would take any sinful reaction. You familiar with this letter? Yeah. And uh, since he recommended such and such anybody in the temple, and Prabhupada said, "Why some? Why not all?" <laughs> now, do you take that as Prabhupada jesting in any way, or uh, this was never any further explanation? Uh, well, it's a bit risky to try to guess the psychology of one spiritual master. Um, it could be taken like this, that, that the this, this temple president should think of it like that. He should feel so responsible that I'm fully responsible. <laughs> that why should I want to dump some, why should I want to dump sinful reactions on my spiritual master? There was Panchadravita Maharaj gave the example of Yayati when Prabhupada was lying on his bed in Vrindavan in 1977 and Panchadravita offered that uh, just like Yayati had taken, he offered his youth to Yadu, wasn't it? Then Puru, Puru, yeah. Then uh, he said, you take my youth and I'll take your old age. <laughs> he was offering my... Yeah. This song, okay. The other comment was that was Rupa Goswami in the beginning of the Dharma was one shloka where introductory where he said just as a low-born person may start fire to purify gold and although the gold itself is pure although he may be low-born just a person setting a fire so he was comparing himself Rupa Goswami that uh, this way that the Dharma might purify the dirt within the hearts of the devotees. Now, was, why was he saying like this? Is he he knows this dirt in the heart of the devotees, and what is that dirt? Or is that? I mean, how do you understand it? How do you understand it? Well, the uh, the gradual process of devotional service is not overnight or instant. That's why we have the process of sadhana bhakti. Again, we have that bhajantya nanya manaso, one who's fully absorbed in service to Krishna is fully purified and fully freed from the influence of this material world. And one who isn't is still subject to be pulled into Maya. So but even in those days, we know he wasn't writing after common, not yeah, he didn't he, read the Dr. Malava. They didn't have Prabhupada translating it anywhere else. You have to be pretty elevated. Person. One had to be very elevated to read it, yeah. Well, that's even stated by uh, Jaidev, I believe, in Gita Govinda. So. Um, so maybe that they foresaw others also reading it, or, or that uh, reading it, hearing it. A pure devotee may consider that even a second, even a moment, not in full absorption, thinking of Krishna is a contamination. They may think like that. Yeah. There's, a, there's hands up on this side too, but I guess the, the mic will gradually get over there. Um, um, this is a questionable comment. Um, <laughs> 
Can you please speak in pious and, and sinful? Um, sometimes we talk, it's, you know, in a general way, with devotees, you know, it like, seems like we're talking in terms of sense gratification, but at other times we seem to be talking in terms of what's favorable for devotional service and what's not favorable for devotional service. Um, yeah, they, they, they're contextu- contextual terms. Yeah, yeah. We have to see the context. And then the second question is... Then Bhaktivinoda Thakur analyzes there are three kinds of punya. One which is... Uh, and that's got a lot to do with the motive of the performer. One is punya that is conducive to getting uh, material enjoyment. One that is... Another kind is that which is inducive for getting liberation. Another one kind which is inducive for bhakti. So just like bathing in the Gamla, or even chanting Hare Krishna for that matter, depending on one's motive, one will get a different kind of result. Um, yes, sometimes when we're talking, us guys, it's, it sounds to my ear, sometimes we're a little bit too worried about sinful and, and highest in terms of sense dedication, whereas our real concern, I assume, is really what's stable to Yeah, we shouldn't be concerned with sense gratification at all, right? We shouldn't be thinking how to get sense gratification. Yeah, all right. So. Um, it's stated that Agastya Muni had swallowed the, the whole ocean. And when he was asked to regurgitate it, he said he already digested it. And um, then it was foretold in the future the Ganges would come to take up. To fill up the whole ocean, but but there was no mention of this in the in the Mahabharata, in the uh, Bhagavatam. But I know I know the Mahabharata stated that he had actually followed sort of the ocean. I don't know, you know, but so I was wondering there was no mention of Bhagavatam. Well, Bhagavatam doesn't mention everything. Nothing mentions everything. Everything is a big topic. Bhagavatam mostly gives stories in shortened form. Yeah. Put put the mic. Please get the mic. Okay. Yeah, Bhagavatam will. M- most of the narrations in Bhagavatam are given in more more elaborately in other Puranas. The essence, the devotional essence, is given in Bhagavatam. Another thing to consider is that uh, when Sudhagar Swami was speaking, he had already spoken the other Puranas before that, anyway. Who is the poorly personalities know all the laws of karma? Who are the personalities who know all the laws of karma? Krishna? What about Yamaraj? Yamaraj? Yeah, he should know also. What about Lord Brahma? Lord Brahma. Well, they, they should. They may know as much as Krishna wants them to, or, or empowers them to. You mean the complexities of how it works? Well, in one sense, because Yamaraj has to make certain decisions. Obviously, he knows. Yeah, but he made a mistake at least once, right? Right. Yeah. So. So th- this is. It's difficult question. to understand. It's extremely complex. As much as Krishna wants one to understand, one is empowered to understand. So, are are you aware of any statement in the scriptures that speaks about? Apart from Krishna, I'm not aware of any statement of anyone else knowing to the same extent that Krishna does. 
But there are certain principles which Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita. The complexities are maybe extremely complex. Extremely complex. It may not be necessary for us to understand them all either. So Hare Krishna. Oh.